It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. Wait, wait, wait for it. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> A nice brisk Pepsi at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> Pepsi. That's vomitous. It is. It's actually, it doesn't, it has not tasted the same here lately. I don't like Pepsi, but Chris and Tyler love Pepsi. Like, so there's always those in the house. I, I don't, not, <laughs> I'm not into that vibe, but to I, each their own. I, I just needed the dramatic sound. That's all. I like a nice cherry seven up, which you can't find everywhere. Oh my God. I love cherry. I love up. cherry seven up. It's so freaking good. And I like hardly ever drink carbonated stuff, but that I love. Now I personally like, and it only comes out like around Christmas time, but the cranberry spice Sprite. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Oh my God. It's pretty good. It's one of my, it's one of my faves. <laughs> I like cranberry things. I know. I really like it. Um, One of the things that, so we have a, I mean, you already know we have a, like a hole in the wall type of little burger joint here. Oh, try me. <laughs> try me. Um, and I say hole in the wall, but it's, it, it's just like, it's literally just a, it's a stop and go burger joint. It's, it's like a walk up window. You just walk up to the window and order. And then they just like give it to you through the window, but it's so good. Like it, it is it, good. It's real good. It's it's really good. They've got so many different things. Anyways, um, this season they have, um, eggnog shakes okay. and they, I'm obsessed with them. They're one of my favorite things. Nobody in my family likes eggnog but me. So I have a whole half gallon of eggnog in the fridge right now that I've got. And I've also got a whole bottle of spiced rum that needs to be mixed with it. <laughs> Nobody likes it but me either. Even Gunner. Like Gunner usually likes everything, but he doesn't like he does it. Usually so like everything. I, I love eggnog. And alcoholic eggnog is just bomb. <laughs> it's just bomb. It's just bomb. So this is a podcast about drinks. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, let's let's just, you know, get into the point of the podcast. So this week, my case is not like a murder case. I mean, it's true crime, but it's kind of an odd case. It's a unsolved case okay. because for some reason, I'm really on the unsolved. You're on an unsolved kick. <laughs> I am. I've been doing a lot of them. But this one is actually one of the least understood crimes over the last 50 years one of the least understood of, crimes so yes. it's super popular right it actually has a name it's called uh, the polaroid mystery okay okay um so it's it's it is a mystery i'm just gonna say it's a very there's literally zero explanation for it so i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to get into I'm, it. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. When you said Polaroid mystery, I was thinking, okay, I may have an inkling of an idea, but maybe not. Like, I think I'm combining a lot of cases that just have Polaroids together in my head. <laughs> oh, you mean, you, you mean like the, <laughs> the last case that you did the eyeball <laughs> where I'm like, oh, this is definitely, this is definitely on a TV show. <laughs> We're not doing a criminal minds episode this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's really, it's, it's a strange case. 
so there's just there's just no answers for it obviously there's going to be theories just like every case that's unsolved but we're just going to go ahead and get right into it okay let's do it so tara calico she was born on february 28th 1969 to two loving parents in new mexico she had a huge amount of friends like tons of of local family members that live near her too. And she lived like a normal childhood, super normal, such a good kid, never did drugs. She was honestly like a very simple kid, very simple kid. She was just Anyways. like wholesome as fuck. Yeah. Um, her friends always said that people were drawn to her bright and bubbly personality too. So like she was easy to get along with. She didn't have any enemies, nothing like that. She was athletic growing up and she loved the outdoors. Her favorite things to do were biking, hiking, and camping, which is not my forte, I guess. (laughs) I'm like, pass. Hard pass. I'm a glamper. glamper. (laughs) No, I love the outdoors. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't see why people jump to running and sleeping on the ground (laughs) I'm a runner I like running so I get that it's kind of basically like therapy to me like running clears your mind the camping thing so I had a really awful experience back when I was in high school and super drunk um (laughs) (laughs) we went camping got real drunk (laughs) sorry mom I got real drunk it got real hot so I opened the tent but not just like I didn't leave the netting part on there so I just completely just (laughs) just got ate up alive (laughs) there was millions of mosquitoes in the tent (laughs) when we woke up so many mosquitoes it was like (laughs) a massacre it was awful it was awful so yeah I don't do camping camping anymore that might be my fault I don't care (laughs) and that's my thing is I'll go camping in a camper okay with the tv and in the microwave <laughs> don't ask me to start a motherfucking fire <laughs> no. I I like like I said I I'm a I do like that I do like the outdoors I just the outdoors try to kill me mosquitoes attack me poison, <laughs> poison ivy. ivy I'm definitely allergic to poison ivy like it's gotten in my throat my eyes it's awful the last time I got it I I had it for like legit two months I was on steroids for two months it was awful. <laughs> Didn't you have like, what was it called? Like black pot poison ivy? Or black spot poison, like this rare poison ivy that you don't get anywhere. Black spot poison ivy. And I was like, what, how does this even happen? <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. I'm not allergic to poison ivy. So I feel really bad. It, it's awful for you because I'm not allergic, but if I've been around it, she's so deathly allergic. Like she'll catch it just for me being around it. It is awful. <laughs> Freaking nature tries to yeah. get me. No, I love, I love the outdoors, but I'm just not like if you want to go hiking or biking or fishing or hunting or anything like that, I don't mind going, but if you're going to ask me to put up a tent and sleep on the ground and, you know, around a bad bat girl in, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere where animals can just come up to the tent at any time or creepy ass fucking serial killers. And <laughs> you I mean, know, I literally it's like just invited a bear to come in I just opened the tent and went to sleep <laughs> you did <laughs> I bet everyone was so pissed off at you the next day <laughs> yeah they were that was like um, my bad y'all there was a lot of alcohol involved <laughs> any any whom um so she loved that stuff right she was 18 when she got into her first serious relationship 
and her boyfriend and her weren't ones that like would go out to the movies or dinners or anything like that um their typical date was actually like biking or walking trails or doing outdoor activities so that's why they clicked so well so on the morning of September 20th 1988 things changed so she woke up in a happy she woke up (laughs) she woke up she she woke man (laughs) I feel like every single episode I do I always have the dumbest words come out (laughs) they just fall out of your mouth I, I literally wrote it right too. And I'm just, I, it just like falls out stupidity. Anyways, she woke up in a happy mood that morning. She was out of school. The weather was perfect. Um, and she had decided like the day before that she was going to go on a 34 mile bike route that next cool. morning. You know, why not? <laughs> 17 miles out and 17 miles back. I mean, okay. literally she's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have trouble walking up the stairs. I, say, I feel like, I feel like it's that, that wouldn't be that bad on a bike though. You're on a bike. Like it wouldn't, no? Legs of steel. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Legs of steel. Anyways, her plan was to leave the house at roughly 930 in the morning and take the route that would oval around to meet back at her house and then like be back at her house by like noon. Okay. The trail she had, like, she's taken this trail many times. The way that the trail was, like, it went around, like, the golf course. It circled around in other neighborhoods that she was very familiar with. She had, she'd taken it many times. Okay, yeah. And she also had a lunch date that afternoon with her boyfriend at noon. Well, it was at 1230. That's why she wanted to be at her house at noon. She can, Um, like, take a shower and be ready by 1230? Is she supposed to meet him at 1230? This is stressing me out. <laughs> yeah, she was supposed to meet him at 1230. So she was going to be back home by noon to meet her boyfriend at 1230 for a lunch date. And then after their lunch date, they were going to go and play some tennis. Okay. This day so, sounds exhausting. I know. <laughs> like you're going on a 34 mile bike ride. You're going to go eat some lunch because you're starving to death for doing 34 Right. Miles. You just burned all your calories. <laughs> And then you're going to go play tennis and burn them all again. (laughs) That's exactly what I was about to say. Then you're going to burn it all again because you're going to play tennis right after eating. Like this girl's got to be fucking fit as fuck. I would throw up everywhere. God. Yeah. No. Like I said, I I have trouble just walking up the stairs at work. (laughs) I'm winded halfway through. I have to stop and take a break. (laughs) Thankfully we don't have stairs in my work. So. I only have it's literally only one floor up (laughs) we have an elevator but I refuse to take it because I'm afraid that if I take it one people are going to make fun of me for going one floor up on an elevator and two I would (laughs) my my luck would be it would stop in the middle of the two floors and get stuck so yeah that happened to my husband that's why he won't ride elevators he got stuck in between floors I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of elevators either I, I mean they don't bother me but I was never stuck in one so that's probably why yeah but I feel like if I got stuck in one I'd be very claustrophobic and freak out so just like he he, he opened the doors with his hands he was so freaked out <laughs> he literally like hulked the doors open <laughs> adrenaline man <laughs> yeah <laughs> so anyways this is why she planned to leave at night or yeah at 9 30 in the morning so that she could make it back in time to do all this like she had it all planned out. She'd made the trail multiple times. So she knew how long it was going to take her to do this. Okay. 
which to me, 9.30 to noon in a 34 mile bike ride, I feel like I could not do that. <laughs> I take a lot of stops. <laughs> right, right a block have to rest five minutes, right? A block. You ain't getting back at noon, girl. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe eight o'clock at night. You get to say one of your stops, you're going to call your boyfriend and be like, can we make it a dinner date? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So her boyfriend even called her that morning to check in and make sure everything was still on for that day. And everything was normal. She's like, yep, we still have plans. We're going to do this. As she started to get ready to leave, she let her mother know the plan, just like every time she did right before she left. She's like, right. I'm going to do this trail. This is where I'm going to be. But this time it was a little bit off. There was one thing that stood out to her family that seemed super off that day. Tara told her mother right before leaving in a joking way. Mm-hmm. She said, um, if I'm not back by noon, come look for me. Oh, foreshadowing. Yeah. And it was meant to be more of like a funny joke, right? you know, like play like banter. Right. Yeah. Hey mom, if I'm not back by noon, you know, come look, come look for me. But the reason it was off to them is just because of what happens later this day. Right. Right. She could have said that every time that she went out, like, oh, if I'm not back by this time. Come look for me. Right. But she didn't. And that's why it was so off to her. Uh-huh. Um, of course, of course, her mom was just like okay, I'll come look for you. Like joking around. Right. Well, um, noon came and went and Tara hadn't made it home. And it wasn't like Tara to arrive late or not show up when she was supposed to show up. Like she would at least make a phone call or something, which I know there's not cell phones back then, but she would have stopped and made a phone call at a friend's house or found a payphone, something. Right. And once it hit 1230, Tara's mom started getting super worried because she was now 30 minutes late, which is literally not. Yeah. It's not, it's not like her. So because it really bothered her, she decided that she was going to just go get in her car and track her trail. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to go check on her make sure, you know, she's not off in a ditch or something, you know, right. Make sure she doesn't have like a flat tire on her bike. and She's just stuck on the side of the road. Anything like that. Right. Right. Well, 1 p.m. approached and Tara had missed her lunch and tennis date with her boyfriend. So, of course, she's not only freaking out, but her boyfriend's starting to freak out because it's unlike Tara to not call him and tell him if something changed. Right. And they had just verified plans that morning. Yes. So her mother continued to circle around the route and she decided to start checking around the area's ditches to make sure that, like, she didn't have an accident. Right. And um, just like you said, make sure she didn't have a flat tire because Tara was having some issues with her bike the week prior. The chain had some issues. Uh, she had just had a tune up on her bike and um, she just was afraid maybe that might be why. Right. But unfortunately, what she found was not Tara stuck, but more of a mortifying item for her. She found a Boston cassette tape on the side of the road. It was Tara's. So every time Tara would take a bike trip or a hiking trip or anything outdoors where she was going to go on a trail, she always carried a bottle of water, a helmet, and her Walkman. And that morning before she had left, she had all those items, including a Boston cassette tape in her player. 
Hmm. So it was just the tape, not the player or, or anything else. It was just the tape. Her mother instantly knew it was hers. Right. So she immediately called the police. That makes me think like if she was taken or like abducted, kidnapped, it makes me think that she left it behind as a clue. That's if exactly it's what that. she did. Okay. Okay, exactly girl. Exactly what she did. Um, at least that's what her mother believes too. Okay. So she immediately called the police and police started investigating the area and questioning neighbors. But like most investigations, especially involving teenagers, she was only 19 at the time. They believe that she, ha- I know. Run away. She's a runaway. Well, no, they actually believe that she had maybe stopped at a friend's house and just forgot to tell her mom because she was oh my gosh. You know, 19 years old and she hadn't been missing for more than an hour. <laughs> right, right. So they're like, this isn't a missing person's case, lady. She was late. She's late an hour. Like you're calling us when she was supposed to be home an hour ago. I get that. But it's also very frustrating when you, when like you're the parent and you know that it's super unlike them and something's wrong. Which is exactly what my next sentence, I actually wrote that too, because a mother's instinct always, always overrides, you know, your mother knows you best. I know if I tell, and this is a prime example. I know if I tell Aiden, I want you home by 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, he's going to come home 30 minutes early. Okay. That's just how he is. He's responsible. Like he's, he's like, if mom wants me home by 10, I feel like she really means nine 30. <laughs> okay. Now I know if I tell Gunner, you need to be home by 10. Gunner's going to be home at 10 Oh five. That that's fair. That sounds right. <laughs> and he's going to come home through the door panting. Like he just ran a mile, <laughs> which granted, <laughs> let me make things very clear. I don't let my kids just like go roam the roads or anything here. I, even though I live in a small town, the only place that Gunner can go is across the street. Right. So if he's five minutes late from literally across <laughs> the street from me, there's yeah. a problem. And I mean, but, Aiden, but you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And Aiden, I mean, he's more responsible, but it's the same way. He's like a block away if he ever goes anywhere. Right. So like mother's instinct, she continued to put up a fight with the police to keep searching for Tara because it wasn't like her to be late. And it, it was weird to find a cassette tape on the side of the road that was hers. Right. Even all the neighbors that were interviewed said the same thing as her mother too. They were all like, oh no, she's dependable. She's never right. late. She's always on time. She, if she's going to be late, she's going to call you. She'll find a way. Like she does not want her parents or anybody to panic. Right. And her boyfriend said, um, th- it's not like her to stand me up like, or not show up. So go find her. <laughs> so go, somebody please go find her. And they're just like, sorry, it's not a missing person yet. So we can't. Yeah. So they were like, because there wasn't any sounds of foul play or any evidence proving this was really a missing person. They were like, mm, I'm sorry, but I mean, this isn't really a missing person's report. So we'll just do like a sweep around the area and check one more time. But I mean, if she doesn't turn up in 24 hours, then let us know. So while the police did their last sweep around the area, a policeman spotted a pink huffy bike and a Walkman in a ditch 20 miles from Tara's home. Oh no. She was only supposed to be going 17 miles away. Yeah. 
So because they located these items miles, miles, like literally miles away from the tape too, Mm -hmm. that Tara's mom had found, it was noted that she had to have been kidnapped and taken either where her bike was left or actually taken where the tape was thrown out and the bike was thrown out to throw off the trail instead. I was gonna say, I wonder if she noticed out the window. Well, I was gonna say, I wonder if she noticed somebody following her, like while she's on the bike, she notices a car like slowly following her, throws the tape down because they keep getting close and keeps going past where she was going to go. And maybe throws her bike and Walkman down to run. Maybe, or maybe that's where they finally stop and get out and abduct her. Well, unfortunately, there wasn't any evidence left behind but these items. Mm -hmm. There was no blood. There was no like any foul play looking evidence, nothing, no trash, nothing around. It was literally a bike and a Walkman just in the ditch. So several people in the area, when they were questioned by police, did confirm that they saw a 1953 Ford F-150 following following Tara a few miles from her house. It had an attached camper shell. It wasn't something that was in the area ever. So they could have grabbed her, thrown the bike in the back, and then drove a little bit and then thrown the bike out. Yes. So many, so many questions, right? Right. But nobody felt it was important at the time because Tara seemed unbothered when she was biking. So they weren't sure if maybe she knew the person Mm -hmm. and was just ignoring them or something, or maybe she didn't know that somebody was behind her because she had her headphones on. Right. Or maybe um, while she was biking and the person was behind her, she didn't realize they were there. And so she didn't move over far enough for them to pass her was what people were saying too. So it just kind of, he just kind of hovered like the truck hovered, but they didn't think that it was super odd. Now for me, I feel like if you know what year and type of like, if you, right. If you took the time to, it was odd enough, right. If you took time (laughs) to note the make and model of the vehicle, unless they were those like crazy Karen, like circle people like in the cove that are like, Oh, I don't know this. I don't know this person better. (laughs) Do you know anybody that drives a 1953 Ford F-150? It's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to towards like, maybe if they're like a crazy car enthusiast and they would know the making. No, (laughs) No, definitely didn't. No. (laughs) That probably would have sounded better than what I said, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but no, um, so police started searching for the description of the vehicle, but they came up empty-handed from the area. There was plenty of 1953 Ford F-150s, but everyone they checked out didn't have a camper, like didn't have a camper shell or anything like that. Um, those, those are easily detachable. Also, if you right. paid attention to the year of the car and like what it was, can you not have like grabbed a license plate number? That's what I was fucking thinking. <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking too. When I, when I was doing research on this, I was like, they were able to tell you the motherfucking year, but they couldn't tell you <laughs> Foxtrot Alpha one, two, three. Like they couldn't just fucking write down a goddamn license plate. Right. <laughs> Her case was actually cold for almost a year. Mm, that's super frustrating really, and sad for the really, mom. And everybody. Right. But it's really weird that I say that it was cold for almost a year, right? Because at the beginning, I said it was a cold case still. 
Well, in June 1989, in Port St. Joe, Florida, which was 1,600 miles away from New Mexico, a woman walked up to an object in a grocery store parking lot that, like, caught her eye. I do vaguely remember this one now. It was a single Polaroid photo. Mm-hmm. Now, the photo wasn't just a normal photo. Maybe somebody dropped, like, a picture of her and her boyfriend or something like that. Um, right. No, in- instead, this photo was a photo of a young teenage woman and a young boy around 10 years old. Both of them had black tape on their mouths and their arms were bound. Mm-hmm. She was wearing a t-shirt and biking shorts and had long, dark hair tied back. They looked to be laying on a cot of some sort with a book next to her titled My Sweet Andrea, which was written by one of her favorite authors. By Tara Calico's favorite authors? Yes. Okay. Tara Calico's favorite authors. And it was even noted that this book was one that Tara had owned but they couldn't locate it anywhere. Okay. And there was other trash-like objects around them. It also stood out that there seemed to be a little door that looked like it could maybe be that of a camper or a van of some sort due to the handle and the space that they were in. Mm -hmm. So witnesses in the area stated that a white Toyota caravan had been in that area that morning. I'm pulling up the Polaroid to look at again because I've looked at it before. Yes. So the driver looked to be in his 30s with a thick handlebar mustache. Oh. And all I can think of is like in the Western movies where they have these really big handlebar mustaches that like point out and, and they're always I think like, more of um like a biker or like a or Yosemite Sam. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. That, that's <laughs> accurate, yes. Yeah. So anyways, again though, the trail went cold. They couldn't find the caravan anywhere in the area. And they couldn't find a 30-year-old male driving a caravan that had a thick handlebar. <laughs> that had a handlebar mustache. Yeah. Which, again, shave that shit off. You could detach a camper. You can shave the mustache off. Right. Well, after reviewing the photograph, police and others confirmed that it was, well, still believed. Right. That it was, that it was in fact, Tara. But who was the boy? So investigators had another cold case they were investigating of a little boy named Michael Henley. Mm-hmm. He, he went missing April of 1988 in New Mexico as well. And he had been camping with his family when he had supposedly wandered off and never returned to the campsite. Don't wander, children. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, in 1990, so this Polaroid was found in 1989 Mm -hmm. so just just another year later michael's remains were found near the area the family had been camping it was determined that he had died from exposure to the elements being lost in the woods that's so sad but also that means that was not him in the polaroid or so they say because he was decomposed to the point where i mean the only explanation animals all that stuff in the woods was exposure to the elements So because of this, investigators started to doubt both people that were in the Polaroid, saying Mm -hmm. that they, obviously it had to be somebody else, because if this little boy was found, 1992, so, you know, forensic evidence is completely different these days. (laughs) Um, Yes, for sure. 
So yeah, they started, they started doubting it. Well, two more Polaroids would be found over the next few years. Okay. One was in California and it showed a blurry image of a girl's face covering her mouth. And then the second was a woman bound in gauze with a male on an Amtrak train. And this one was actually kind of disturbing. The guy in the photo with the girl was smirking and not tied up like her. In fact, he was holding her, which was super creepy, almost like he was forcing this crazy picture with her all bound up. That's creepy. Also, she's on a train and she's bound and nobody notices. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. But unfortunately, again, the trail went cold. I mean, all they have are these Polaroid photos. There's no evidence of where they're at. There's no evidence of where they could be. Who's to know when the Polaroids were taken? Right. Like there just wasn't any new developed evidence for this case at all. That's so frustrating. It also still remains a mystery and Tara's body has still never been found. So is she alive? Was it really her in the photos? There's so many speculations. Right. Well, here's one of the theories. So, I mean, there's several, right? One of the theories was she was kidnapped. Mm -hmm. She was, she has been kept alive and a form of torture to the family or to anybody is the guy's purposely leaving Polaroids of her in random places to never be found. He wants to be caught, but doesn't want to be caught. Right. Another theory, well, it wasn't even a theory. It was actually kind of a confession. So in November, 2013, there was a dying confession from a witness, a witness. A witness to what? To the kidnapping. Okay. Okay. A witness to the kidnapping saying that they knew three men to have been involved in her disappearance and that her body was thrown into a pond nearby, nearby the trail that she was taken. I'm sorry. You saw her get taken and thrown into a pond. It was a dying confession. Police went to go and look into this. Did they go search the pond? They did. Okay. They actually searched it multiple times and any evidence around the pond as well. Right. And it looked like this lead was actually false. So this person was a fucking crazy ass. So frustrating that it it literally, it leaves the, it leaves the investigation way off course and wastes everybody's time and efforts. Not just time, but resources. It it wastes so much. Um, it's so much time that could be spent actually looking in the right places, you know, but I mean, I also get like, yes, it's, it's fucking annoying, but when I say it wastes resources in all reality, they couldn't use any of the resources anywhere at this time because they had no evidence. But like, if you don't know, if you don't actually know anything about a case, then don't fucking say, Oh, I know. I saw this. Like what? Right. Why would you do that? Why? Right. So, um, another theory was that when she was kidnapped, when she was taken, mm-hmm. she did in fact throw the cassette tape out the window to lead her mother in the actual direction. That was my theory. I came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, to lead her in the actual actual direction to show her that, you know, this is where I was taken. Right. Come find me. It's so heartbreaking. I know. 
Um, then there was one other theory that I seen. And that theory was that people were speculating that she was tired of living her day-to-day life. Nope. Yeah, I know. I don't believe it either. Don't believe it. (laughs) She was tired of living her day-to-day life and she wanted a more exciting life. So instead of trying to live this more exciting life openly, she ran away. Mm -mm. But she knew the person that was in the truck and they ran away together. That's really far-fetched. I know. That's like super far-fetched. I hate people. Okay. Like if everybody in her life describes her as this happy, bubbly, like super reliable, always calling her mother with an update, like, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'll be here at this time. This is the way I'm going. Like why, why would she do that? If she was planning on running away with some mystery man and starting away. Also, why would you tell your mother that you're going to go on a 34 mile bike ride, like to and from total, I tell you exactly where I'm going. Right. That's what I'm saying. And And then also say, Hey, if you can't find me, then or if I'm not home by this time, then, you know, come check on me. Doesn't sound like somebody that's going to run away. <laughs> I don't like that theory. I call bullshit. Yeah. So unfortunately, this is exactly where the or the case has been left. And it's still left to this day. Exactly there. There is no evidence. There is no, there has not been any other Polaroids that have been left behind or found. And unfortunately, we still to this day don't know if she's alive or dead. And sadly, in 2002, Tara's father passed away mm-hmm. without answers. And just a few years later, in 2006, mm-hmm. Patty, Tara's mother, also passed away. That's so heartbreaking. So not, o- not only did they both pass away before this so-called dying confession from the witness, too. They passed but, away before that? Yeah, because that happened in 2013. Good. But they also, yeah. I mean, not good. That was an awful way to say it. No, it is awful, but I get exactly what you mean. Like, I'm so glad they didn't have to put up with the hope. Like, they didn't have their hopes. Right, exactly. Their hopes lifted thinking, oh, we might actually, like, find her body and be able to lay her to rest. No, but. All for it to be bullshit. But at the same time, they died without any answers. I know. That's that's a bummer. Thanks. I know. It's so sad. So, um, that's literally where the case lies it is a cold case again it's one of the largest unknown mysteries in the last 50 years and that's crazy I feel so bad for like her parents I cannot imagine my child just disappearing without a trace basically and there being no leads nothing even close and then you just spend your entire rest of your life looking for them and never find any answers it reminds me of that case where the parent like their the house burned down and the parents didn't there was no trace of the kids and the, the solder kids yes that's so funny that you mentioned that it's not funny but I was absolutely debating on covering that one because it happened on Christmas day and it, I know it's Christmas and so I almost did that one next week but I changed my mind but they also I mean I hate to be the spoiler but they also died before they ever they did yeah yeah um, learned the truth about uh, it same thing the kids just like disappeared without trace multiple yeah. kids Multiple like that things. one's crazy. I will cover it at some point, but not now. <laughs> there is the unknown cold case of the Polaroid mystery of Tara Calico. I do remember that there's lots of people that don't think that's her in the Polaroids. Um, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. There think are it's her. some just 
it's it's kind of hard because polar i mean polaroid pictures also it's hard because in pictures that you have to compare to she's like smiling and just like posing for a picture and this is a person in these That's pictures that is like terrified and bound and duct taped on the mouth and like it's not going to look the same as somebody posing and smiling for a picture like I, I I remember there was, was comparisons of like people like oh well her eyebrows are arched in this picture when she's smiling but in this one they're flat and straight well that's exactly what I was about to say that's a so, different demeanor happening well and it's not just that it's really hard to determine if that's a picture of her too because there was no distinct marks on her body in the Polaroid like mm -hmm. no scar there's not really scars or bru like or bruises. Right, which it's not any scars <laughs> or uh, are not distinct. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> I they know come that, and go. It's not all what the I time. Meant to say. Especially on me, I bruise like a peach. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't any scars. I meant to say birthmarks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, that also starts with a B. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, there wasn't anything that you could really determine. Um, the only way that they were like, "Oh no, that's Tara's," because the dark hair, mm -hmm. the body type, she right. was slender. She was the around that age mm -hmm. and the book. The book stood out for them. The book stood out. It's something that she was into. And also I feel like I remember hearing that her mother was like, yes, that's absolutely her. And I'm going to trust what the mother says. If they see a picture of their kid, they're going to know it. That's exactly what it was. So her mom's the one like, yeah, that's her, you know, that's, that's one of her that's a book from her favorite author. There's like all this stuff. So that's also, why the book really is questioned. really weird. That's really weird. Like, is the captor just like keeping her and like my sweet Andrea giving her yeah. like, why is there a book? Is she like telling him, Oh, I like this author. And he brings her books. Like what, ha what's happening? This is all very, I don't know. And also she's bound. How can she read the book? It was actually stated, um, when the boy's body was found and everyone thought that it was a like it wasn't them they also started saying that they thought that it was staged like okay. this was just a staged photo right uh, to, to for people to like say it I was. guess that goes in with the theory of she wanted to start a new life like mm -hmm. they this could have been a stage photo to show that oh she really was kidnapped and still out there like yeah there was no way like that was the thing is you can put a picture of her up against a picture of this Polaroid and you can see some distinct, you know, features that mm -hmm. could be her, but you just mm -hmm. don't know. And that's just it. Like a lot of it is covered up. A lot of her face is covered up from this right. stuff. She's bound. You can't see her hands. You can't see all of her legs. You can't see what shoes she's wearing, which is something that a lot of people look for, you know, or if she's even wearing shoes or anything like you can't see that right, um, right. in this photo. And and we'll show, we'll show the photo on the Instagram, but we'll also show the creepy photo, the Amtrak train photo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely um, show both because those I on want, the I Instagram. Hear, <laughs> did I say the Instagram you said, like that? You said on the Instagram. <laughs> My bad. Because you're 80. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm an 80 old woman. Um, but we'll show the pictures because I want to hear, like, I, I'm really curious to hear some of you guys' thoughts on this creepy picture because the girl to me does not look like her okay. it looks like another person that should be very 
we should be concerned about. <laughs> right, right. So we'll definitely post pictures of her and then the Polaroid pictures for sure. This is one of those cases, you know, there's always those cases where everybody's like, oh, this is the one thing that I wish I knew the truth to. Like a lot of people like Joan Benet Ramsey, oh, Black, the Black Dahlia, like all these people know what actually happened to these people. I want to know what happened to Tara Calco. Like there's no trace. Like it's none. And that's, I want to know what happened. What happened? I know this is exactly why I did this case too, because it's not like the typical, they find evidence and we feel like it should be this person. Mm-hmm. There's literally, it's, there's nothing. It's like Jack the Ripper all over where everyone's also, like. It's, it's very odd to me that nobody recognizes the guy in the creepy Polaroid because his face, know, right? he is completely like all out there. Like his He's face like, is Here's completely my face. shown. I feel like we should have seen her in arrest on that dude for sure like okay <laughs> okay <laughs> I can't wait to show this picture just because I I mean I'm very worried for this girl <laughs> right like but, there's no way to tell in this picture who the girl is you can't even see her face at all no her face is really covered like her face is pointed towards the guy more but it looks she's, like it's she's like wearing pointed glasses. up towards the ceiling it does look like she's wearing glasses yes and her face but is pointed like up towards wearing... the ceiling it almost yeah, looks it's... like he's like pulling her head back like by the hair or something like that yes yeah but his face is clear like it's just all of his face in the picture it's like here's me i'm a fucking douchebag that needs to be arrested (laughs) yes that is what he said (laughs) (laughs) well that's frustrating thanks for that yeah fucking brussels sprout (laughs) brussels sprout (laughs) oh that's not fair i like brussels sprouts (laughs) (laughs) If you season them right, they're quite delicious. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I don't want to compare this guy to something so tasty, you know? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can call them like a fucking tomato because those are just vomitous. But I like tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we both don't like. A little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Anyways. He's a fucking that- tofu. He's tofu is what he <laughs> Yeah, nobody likes that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you like, if you openly like tofu, I, I mean, people say if you like cook it right, then it's good. But I don't. I've I have not been able to cook it right, so I don't know. You, I'm sorry. You enjoy eating kitchen sponges. <laughs> it, that's the texture, like that, is the consistency. Like, what? Who likes that? I'm good, thank you. I am quite all right. Mm, I now, passed. if it's a sponge cake, now. <laughs> now we're talking no. <laughs> but but I will say I shouldn't hate on it because it is specific people's culture and their cultural foods but I just don't like tofu personally I'm, not, I'm just not like a tofu it. person if you like tofu have at it because I don't want it but yeah no I don't you can have it all and I don't like sponge cake either what's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't think I do either I just like why are we talking cake. about food we started with drinks we're ending with food <laughs> okay well here we go that was the case let's Follow us on the stuff um, for more recipes. <laughs> for more recipes, go to serialholicsisters.com. <laughs> We're so dumb. Okay. We should we should probably end this before it gets dumber. Yeah, let's be let's be awkward. We've already done that. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.